we've never uh, much promoted or pushed for, and we it's not something we'll start either, promoted or pushed for offerings. Um, we trust that as people that are filled with the Spirit of God and sensitive to the Spirit of God, that, number one, you're obedient to the Word and the returning of the tithe and the giving of offering. But beyond obedience, out of the Spirit of God leading, if the Lord would ever deal with you, we, we send support to Italy along the way. And uh, there is no lack there. The Lord supplies the need anytime there is one. Um, and I'm not asking for an offering for that today. Just if that crosses your spirit when you're doing tithe and offering, filling out your envelope, however you do that, feel free to do that. Um, but let the Lord lead you in that. Amen? Appreciate what God is doing there. And what a privilege for us to be connected in the body. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I uh, feel like the Lord wants to talk with us for a few minutes this morning. And I think he wants to speak into our spirit. The Bible calls the Holy Ghost the spirit of grace. Did you know that? So I want to read a couple of scriptures Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now, I fully understand that what we'll read this morning, you've heard before. Matter of fact, if you were here last Sunday, you heard this verse last Sunday. Elder Flowers ministered from it about fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist said that Jesus Christ would baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So we read that verse last week. wanting to continue to talk to us. Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, verse number 2, there came a sound from heaven. Notice it came from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. Verse number 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And... And a conjunction, it joins two thoughts. That means one went with the other. One was not complete without the other. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began. Doesn't mean they finished. They began to speak with other tongues. How did they do that? As the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God, as the Spirit gave them utterance or gave them the words. We've heard these verses many times if we've been around the Pentecostal, apostolic, Holy Ghost-believing church. These words are true because they're the Word of God. And we look at this passage of Scripture because it does declare the initial outpouring of God's Spirit or the promise of the Father that we read about in Luke 24, 47 through 49 where Jesus said, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be until the promise of the Father comes to you. And so that's exactly what they did. They went and tarried in Jerusalem. The writer Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. And so the book of Acts is simply a continuation of the book of Luke. If you were to read Luke and then continue into Acts, it's the reason why the book of Acts starts out, the former treatise, Have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. The former treatise is simply the former letter. So Luke is simply saying the former letter, pointing back to the book of Luke, which was the first one he wrote, and now he's starting the book of Acts. And so they flow one right into the other. So if you read 
Luke chapter 1 all the way through Luke chapter 24, and then you go to Acts chapter 1, you'll be continuing with Luke's writing and what he's declaring, all right? And so he closes out Luke with go the instruction of the Lord Jesus to go and tarry at Jerusalem till, you, till the promise of the Father is there. And so then we see them doing that in Acts chapter 1. And in Acts chapter 2, where we just read, it is the day of Pentecost or 50 days after Passover. Pentecost just means 50. It was a celebration, a feast. Um, it was recognized as the time. Most people would say that it was Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost was the celebration of when the Lord brought fire down on the mountain and the word of God was given to Moses. And so all of these things were not lost on the Jews. But here we read this passage of Scripture and the Holy Ghost is given, the promise of the Father, the indwelling Spirit of God. We know this, right? Notice that verse there. They were all what? What's that verse there say? They were all what? Filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. It's interesting. That word filled there is past tense. Isn't it? It's past tense. It's something that happened. It's something that took place. I have a question for you. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Like that. Where the Spirit of God came upon you and you began to speak with other tongues as His Spirit gave you the utterance. If you haven't been, you should be. It is a gift of God. It is a necessary gift. If we had to earn it, there'd be a problem. But it doesn't, it's not earned, it's given. Peter told us in verse 38, and we don't need to go there. I'd like to leave that verse up there. Peter told us in verse 38, when they were pricked in their hearts by the word of God and recognizing what they'd done, they said, what must we do? And Peter said, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was a promise freely given by the Lord. And so I know this. You know, Please stay with me. We're getting somewhere here. And you can keep reading through the scriptures. You can go to Acts chapter number 8 and... You can read about Philip preaching in Samaria, and then we see that Peter and John arrive on the scene. Philip has already been preaching, so people have repented, and Philip has baptized people in the name of the Lord Jesus. But as yet, nobody's received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so he was knowing this should happen because of the word spoken by Peter, that if someone repents and has been baptized in the name of Jesus, they shall receive the Holy Ghost. But it hadn't happened yet, and Peter and John came and visited Philip there in Samaria. And they began to pray, and it says as they laid hands on people that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came upon them. We can go a little bit further, and we can read in Acts chapter number 10. We find Cornelius in his house. Cornelius is an Italian man. And he's a centurion, which means he's a leader of 100 men, century, 100 years centurion. He's a leader of 100 men, and so... There in his house, he's praying one day, and the Lord, an angel of the Lord appears to him and tells him to send to Joppa for a man called Peter who will come and tell him what he must do, what more he must do. And so Cornelius is a devout man who served the Lord with all of his house. The scripture says he served the Lord with all of his house and offered much alms. And so he heeds the voice of the angel of the Lord, and he sends men to Joppa to get Peter. And these men go three days away. Peter's on the rooftop. He's having a dream there or in a trance. And he sees these unclean beasts in a sheet being lowered down to him. And the Lord says to him, Peter, arise and kill and eat. And Peter says, not so, Lord. I've never touched anything unclean. And before, and then the sheet is taken up away. That happens three times. And the sheet's taken away. And Peter's still there on the rooftop trying to understand what he just saw and what the Lord was trying to get him to do. But before he can get it all figured out, there's a knock that comes at the door where he is. And there in Simon the Tanner's house, the knock comes on the door. And there's men that have come from Cornelius' house. 
They're there looking for Peter, responding to Cornelius' instruction that he received from the angel of the Lord. You can read it in Acts chapter 10. So Peter goes down and they tell him the story. Our master Cornelius was praying. He saw this. He told us to come and get you. And so we're here so you can come. And Peter recognizes this is the Lord. And him takes other men with him and they go with him. They get to Cornelius' house. Cornelius is gathered there with his family. Peter begins to preach the word of God. He recognizes all of a sudden that sheet I saw on the rooftop with unclean animals. That was the Lord telling me that these Gentiles whose house I'm in right now, God's receiving them, and so I'll not call unclean what God has called clean. So he realizes the gospel of Christ is being sent to the Gentiles as well. Peter preaches the gospel. Aren't you thankful for that? Because all of us are Gentiles. So Peter preaches the gospel there in Cornelius' house. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, that Christ is now alive and will live inside of you. And while Peter is preaching these words, the scripture says the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Right? Jeremiah, can you go to Acts 10 and 41? Let's try that one. I think that's close. Not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. So Peter's talking about the disciples that ate and drank with Jesus before he rose from the dead. Verse 42. And he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that it was he which was ordained of God to be judge of quick and the dead. Verse 43. To him, speaking of Jesus Christ, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him. See that through, through what? His name. Whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. That's why Peter said be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Peter's telling them that. Through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words. So Peter is telling them this. While he's telling this about his life lived and what he's witnessing, he's sharing this story. And while he's declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ and how they witnessed it with their own eyes, he's telling them this. And at this time, this happened, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, fell on all of them which heard the word. Verse 45. And they of the circumcision, that's the Jews that have been circumcised because Peter brought some of them with him. They which believed, they were astonished. Why were they astonished? Because as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost, verse 46. How did they know that they were receiving the Holy Ghost? Well, that tells us why. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now... So we see again the initial evidence of the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost is speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It's not something we learn. We know from Acts chapter 2 that when they spoke with other tongues that they were glorifying God and speaking of the wonderful works of God. It was multiple people, multiple um, languages that were being spoken there. And those passing through the city of Jerusalem when the Holy Ghost was being poured out, it said we do hear them speak in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. It was given by the utterance of the Spirit of God. Well, they witnessed this in Acts chapter number 10 as well. Acts chapter number 19, verse number 1. Go ahead and go there, Brother Jeremiah, if you would. We find another passage of Scripture. I appreciate you bearing with me as we go through this word here. The Lord's wanting to do some things in our spirit today. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And I want you to notice what he found at Ephesus. What did he find there? Disciples. These are not lost rank sinners. These are disciples. Disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 2, watch what he says. He said to them, to the disciples of the Lord Jesus, Have you received the Holy Ghost since what? Since what? So they were believers. They were disciples of Jesus Christ. They were believers of Jesus Christ. But apparently the gift of the Holy Ghost had still not been given them. 
Did you know it's possible to be a believer and a disciple and not be baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost? Apparently it is. There are many who are blind in our world today. Who have fallen into the trap and the deception of Satan. That says if you're a disciple and you're a believer, that's enough. It's a start, but it's not enough. Why would we stop short of the gift of the Father dwelling in us? If I am a disciple of Jesus Christ and a believer in Jesus Christ, why would I not want the Spirit of Jesus Christ dwelling in me? And we know that the infilling of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ dwelling in us. And the initial evidence, as we saw in Acts 2 and Acts 10, is when the Spirit of Christ comes in, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of grace. It's called these different things. We know it's the one true living God moving inside of us. When that happens, the initial evidence is we begin to speak in a language we have not learned that's given by His Spirit. So he asked them this question, these believers, these disciples, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, they were honest, thankfully they weren't super religious and trying to hide behind, well, no, we're believers, we're disciples. No, they were very honest with the question that was posed. And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They hadn't been taught yet. Some people just need to be taught. They hadn't been taught yet. So verse number three, he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto him, To John's baptism. Now notice what he said about that. They said we were baptized to John's baptism. Then said Paul, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance. He wasn't finding fault. He was encouraging them for the steps they'd already taken, where they were in their walk in relationship with God. He said, hey, I I sort of picture him saying, you know, he didn't speak in King James English. You understand that, right? You get that, right? Paul didn't say, well, verily, I I just don't think so, right? He wasn't speaking in English anyway, but so Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. What is the baptism of repentance that John did? That is something that made someone realize the direction I'm going is the wrong direction. It was causing them to begin to have a heart to turn towards God so that when the Lord Jesus Christ came on the scene, manifested himself, they would identify that this is the Messiah because they had turned away from their religious tradition and their way of thinking. And so when Messiah came, they would be recognizing him. That's what John's purpose was. He was the forerunner to the Messiah. And so that's why he said, there's one coming after me who was preferred before me, for he was before me, the latchet of whose shoes or his sandals I'm not worthy to untie or unloose. That's what John said. And so he preached that. So people came and he baptized them in the Jordan. And so he's telling these disciples that have been baptized by John and that are believers and that said, you know, I haven't even heard about the Holy Ghost. His first question is, well, if you haven't even heard about it, why would he ask that? Because he knows the promise that says if you've repented and you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, then you'll receive the Holy Ghost. But they said they haven't even heard about it, so that told him, hmm, something about baptism they haven't heard yet. Does that make sense? So he asked them this question. What were you baptized? I said, John's baptism. He said, that's good. John baptized to the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, this is what John said to the people, That they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. All right. So everybody good with that so far? Yeah, I think they were good with it too. They're like, okay, this is good. We believe. We're disciples. We believe on Christ Jesus that comes after him. Verse number five. Now when they heard this. Well, what did they hear? They just heard that Jesus came after John and John was pointing them to Jesus. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. That message, the message we heard from John, we agree with you. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now what happened when they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus? Verse number six. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. How did they know that the Holy Ghost came on them? 
and, and. Notice that comes after semicolons. That's a continuation there, that thought that follows. The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. When the Holy Ghost came on them, the Holy Spirit of God gave them utterance, just like in Acts chapter 2. If you were to read Acts chapter 11, which of course follows Acts 10 that we've already walked through, in Acts chapter number 11, Peter is retelling the story to other believers in Jerusalem that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. He's telling these other Jews what happened in Cornelius' house. And all these other men that went with him that were Jews to Cornelius' house that saw it happen, they were backing up Peter's words and saying, yep, what he's telling you is true. And they make this statement. They said of Cornelius' house when they were telling the other uh, apostles that the Holy Ghost had fallen on the Gentiles, they said, because we saw the Holy Ghost fall on them as it did on us in the beginning. Said it was the same way that it happened to us. The Spirit of God came upon them. When the Spirit of God moved upon them, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We witnessed it just like it happened to us in the beginning. Now we know this, right? I know some of you are sitting here going, Brother Hart, we know all this. Hear me today. It better be something beyond head knowledge. It better get in our spirit, the living God inside of us. Now, that was a lot of foundation, I know. But it's important. When you read those passages of Scripture... I pointed it out in Acts 2, verse 4. You see it again here. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on. They spake and prophesied. That is also past tense. See that? It's interesting to me. The Lord's been talking to me a little bit, thankfully. I uh, There's this thing that I go back to in prayer quite periodically and I am uh, I'm in love with the book of Acts and I read it uh, I try to read it every month and the Lord's taking me through it a little bit slower this time it's taken me about three days to get through one chapter and uh, I find myself asking this question in prayer Oftentimes, Lord, why don't we see more in the church of what we see in the book of Acts, in the church there? You ever ask that question? I mean, have you ever wondered that? I'm not asking that like in a fault-finding way, or you understand? I just ask those questions, Lord. I want to, I want to see what I read in the book of Acts in the church today, and I hear stories of it happening. I've I've had uh, times where it's taken place, some things in my life. I, I, I want to see this more and more and more. It should be, it was a part of their daily life, right? And so I found that interesting when I read those passages of Scripture about them receiving the Holy Ghost. And so when I read that, I thought, okay, Lord, that makes sense. I, I believe all that. I receive all of that. And, and I've received the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost. I have. I have been filled with the Holy Ghost the same way that they were filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts. And many of you said, yes, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But here's the challenge, which you've already alluded to. Filled is past tense. It speaks of something that happened, not something that's happening. I want to let that settle into your spirit for just a minute. It speaks of something that happened. Not something that's happening. And if we're not careful, we'll settle for being filled with the Holy Ghost, something that happens to us. But there is something different that takes place in the book of Acts with the Holy Ghost that is a happening, not a happened. In Acts chapter number 6, Brother Jeremiah, I'm going to put you to work right now, so be ready. He's grinning at me back there. We're going to start with verse 3, and then we're going to jump down a couple verses and jump a few more. We're going to move quick here, okay? 
Acts chapter 6, verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost. I want you to notice something there. It does not say filled with the Holy Ghost. And it is a different word. It says, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this matter. Verse number 5, skip down there, please. And the saying, watch it please the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man, watch, full, not filled, full, present tense, full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Present tense. Not past tense. Not filled with once, full of, present. Verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and Power. What, what happened to this man that was full of faith and power? He did great wonders and miracles among the people. He was not filled with the... Well, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. But it wasn't a happened. It was a happening. He was full of. It wasn't a one-time experience that he was trying to live on and get recharged every once in a while. He was full of. It was a present state, a present condition, a present way of living, a present lifestyle. He was full of faith and power, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. He was full of it in a positive way. I know some people that are full of it, but. was full. Now watch. You see what happened? Great wonders and miracles were done. Verse, or chapter 7, verse 55, Brother Jeremiah. 7 and 55. We're just going to do that one verse and we're going to a different chapter after that. Acts 7 and 55. But he, this is still talking about Stephen, by the way. But now Stephen is on his knees, most likely, in the middle of a dirt area or grassy area, and he is breathing his last few breaths because he has been declaring the word of God. He has been doing mighty miracles and wonders, and he's declaring that it is by Jesus Christ who rose from the dead that is living inside of him, whom those that were listening to him, he said, you killed him and you crucified him. And at one point, he finally got so irritated preaching the message because they weren't receiving. And the Holy Ghost through him began to speak and said, you stiff-necked and you uncircumcised. You do always kill the prophets. And when that spirit of the Lord that was trying to reach and rescue spoke in such a manner, the scripture says these men ran upon him and began to stone him. And, and as they began to throw stones at Stephen, notice this man, what is written of him in this moment. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, not filled with, full of, present tense. He being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. He was full of the Holy Ghost. He began to pray. We won't read that verse. Go to, uh, uh, let me see where I want to go here. I think I want to read one more verse. Maybe not. says of Stephen that he prayed, Father, forgive them as they were killing him. His last words weren't, Lord Jesus, please save me. His last breath was praying for the very ones that were taking his life. You better be full of the Holy Ghost if that's happening. I figure if I look at Stephen's life, a measure of being full of the Holy Ghost is what do I say when someone's bringing hurt to me? I figure a measure of being full of the Holy Ghost is how would I use my last words to pray? But what we see here is we see Stephen, who is our example of being filled with and full of Holy Ghost. Now the interesting thing about those choice of words, and I'm almost done, is 
Hannah shared, one is past tense and one is present. One is now. And it is possible to be filled with the Holy Ghost but not be full of the Holy Ghost. Hear me. It's possible to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You've had the experience. You went to an altar or a closet of prayer. The power of God came upon you. His, you yielded yourself and your spirit unto him. And as you yielded unto him, his spirit filled your life. His spirit began to give you utterance. You began to speak in other tongues as his spirit gave that utterance. And you experienced the infilling of the spirit of God. You were filled with the Holy Ghost. It's possible for that to happen in your and my life. And then live, but not live full of the Holy Ghost. The difference in what we see in the book of Acts and what we see today is the ones that we read about that the Lord used in these mighty and miraculous and powerful ways. Like Stephen, they were full of the Holy Ghost. We sang the song. Elder Flowers started with the scripture, the song, right? You remember, I am free, I am free, I am free. You know the part of that song that really stood out to me? Two words that we kept repeating over and over. Through you, through you, through you, through you, the blind will see. Through you, the mute will see. Through you, the, through you, through you. You is the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. Not through us, through you working in us. Now, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, past tense. That word filled there is what wholly takes possession of the mind. So if you haven't repented, there's other things clouding your mind or you've been blinded by the God of this world. You need your mind to be renewed. And so... When you yield, you and I yield our thoughts, our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit to the Lord, then the Holy Ghost can come and fill us. It wholly takes possession of our mind. Stops us from battling all the thoughts about what does this sound like? What will this look like? What will, our mind has been taken over by the Spirit of God, and we begin to, uh, he gives utterance. That's that word filled. The other word full of that we read about Stephen and we read to be full of present tense of the Holy Ghost is this. It speaks of the soul, place of thought, feeling, emotion. It speaks of the soul that is thoroughly permeated with something. Thoroughly permeated with something. What does it mean to be permeated? It's to spread or flow throughout. To pass into or through every part of. That which permeates affects every part of it. Or is present throughout. If I am full of the Holy Ghost. Then my life is permeated by the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is full and flows throughout every part of my life. If I'm full of the Holy Ghost. It affects every part of my life. It affects my words when I speak on the job in the home with my wife, with my children, with a friend passing on the street. When I'm full of the Holy Ghost, it permeates everything I do. My thoughts when I'm full of the Holy Ghost, my thoughts are permeated by the Spirit of God. And if a thought tries to enter in that's not of Him, when I'm full of the Holy Ghost, it identifies it and drives it out because I am full of the Holy Ghost. It's not past tense, it's present tense. It's a lifestyle. When I am full and you are full of the Holy Ghost, it permeates your every action. You may get ready to enter into something that you should not and the Holy Ghost in you will quicken in your spirit and you identify as a child of God who is full of the Spirit of God. I'll not take part in that action. And I'm quickened by the Spirit of God abiding in me and I respond to His Spirit rather than my own desire because filled with was past tense experience but full of His present living lifestyle. And when I'm full of the Holy Ghost, it permeates every part of my life, every part of my living, every part of my speaking, every part of my acting, every part of my coming, every part 
part of my going, every part of my waking, every part of my sleeping, when I'm full of the Holy Ghost, it permeates my life and yours. Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost. He was not filled with, yes, he'd had the experience, but he went beyond an experience to a place of living every day of his life. When I'm full of the Holy Ghost, I live in victory. Doesn't mean I don't face battles. I live in victory. When I'm full of the Holy Ghost, I trust the operating of His Spirit in my life, the orchestrating of His will in my life. When I'm full of the Holy Ghost, I come in contact with other people and His Spirit begins to work beyond what I can even comprehend because I realize it's not me doing the work at all. It's the Spirit of God that dwells in you and I doing the work. There's a difference between being filled with and full of. The Lord Jesus Christ is inviting us to be full of His Spirit. Now, I had the privilege of spending some time this morning with Brother Martin and another young man that needs a work of the Holy Ghost in his life. And he had reached out to Brother Martin early, and so we were able to connect Spend an hour or so together this morning. And it was interesting as we were there visiting over breakfast. This man makes this statement. He quoted 1 John 4 and 4. That's, at least he said 1 John 4 and 4. And he said, no, I know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I said, well, that verse is true. That verse is true. I don't always know what's in everybody though. So the verse can be true, but it cannot be true for some people. You understand that? If He, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Almighty, one true living God, the Father, if He is not the one in me, then He that is in me is not greater than He that's in the world. When John said, greater is he that is in me, he was only referring to the indwelling spirit of the almighty God in him. And so this man made that statement, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I said, the scripture is true. I said, you know, this might not have been the best example, huh, Brother Martin? just all I came up with sitting at the table this morning. That's what, that's what was quickened to me at the moment. So with apologies to my wife, I'm going to share it. She's bracing herself now. No. So I, I shared with this man. I said, you know, I said, my wife and I have been married for almost going on 27 years. Since the day we were married, not before, but every day since, we have shared the same home. We've lived together for, by the way, I'm not a believer in living together if you're not married. It just opens the door to fornication, which is a clear sin in Scripture. And so, sorry, that was just a little free throw in there. So, I, I was telling him, I said, you know, we've been married almost 27 years. And uh, we've lived together in the same home this entire time. I said, could you imagine if one day I came home and I had two or three other ladies with me and I told my wife, hey, babe, I'd like you to meet so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And so. Oh, and they're going to live with us from now on. Listen, some of you ladies are already like, oh, no, huh? my house. No, that's exactly what my wife would say, too. All right? Now, I could force the issue, right? 
Say, no, this is my house. They're coming. And she might say, you know what? You can move them in. But I'm moving out. You understand that? So I was sharing this. We can be filled with the Holy Ghost, but if we start moving all kinds of other stuff in, you think he's just going to say, that's fine, I'll just stay right here in this temple. No. And so what happens? We settle for being filled with the Holy Ghost rather than being full of the Holy Ghost. Because when I'm full of the Holy Ghost, some other things just have to go out. I don't have room for other things in my thoughts. I don't have room for other things in my life. I don't have room for other things. You say, and you tell me, Brother Hart, every other thing is wrong? Absolutely not. But when you're full of the Holy Ghost, he begins to illuminate areas that maybe you weren't aware of before. He draws attention to some things and says, you know what? I want to fill you, so we got to just move some stuff out. And if I'm operating in my flesh, I'll go, but I really like this. Not realizing what he's offering is far greater than anything I'm holding on to. I feel the Holy Ghost here. And he's wanting to fill this temple. You and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Lord is wanting to operate through us the way he operated through the church in the book of Acts. Daily. Fully. Not based on position, role, or title. Simply based on being a part of the body of Christ. And being child of God that has the indwelling spirit of God. And so what I have to purpose somewhere along the way is, Lord... I'm not content to be filled. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. I want it to live and abide and operate in every part of my life. Why don't you stand with me? full of the Holy Ghost, that verse that Brother Flowers quoted at the outset makes a whole lot more sense. Right? Now unto him that is able. He's able. Able. To do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to his power. The power, the power. Well, the power is him. You understand? The Holy Ghost. Right? Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. According to the power that works in us. I need his power working in me. That's to be full of the Holy Ghost. You say, how do I get there? Well, it starts with being filled with the Holy Ghost. So you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you haven't received the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost, it's a gift. It's free. You need it. And he's given it. Scripture says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? It's a gift. And then when you are and I am filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, then I pursue him daily in prayer to be led by his spirit that now lives in me. And so when I'm led by his spirit that lives in me, he begins to fill my life and my spirit to where I become full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we pray? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why don't you find a place to pray? I'll open this altar to you today.
Why don't you find a place to pray? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By your spirit and by your word, Father. That we would be full of your spirit. Your spirit operating in our lives the way you want. Come on, this is not anything that you and I can produce in ourselves. This isn't something he asks us to work up because we cannot. It is a yielding of our lives. A yielding of our lives that says, Lord, yes. Yes to your word. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to live my life full of it. Full of your spirit working and operating, directing, leading and guiding and instructing Working through me, with me, for your glory and your purpose, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. You are the one true living God. There is none like you. There is none beside you. You alone are worthy to receive glory and honor. It is you that has purchased us. It is you who came and gave your life for us. Shed your blood on Calvary. Was buried and rose again. Three days later victorious. Over death, hell and the grave. It is you Lord Jesus Christ. It is you that is the way, the truth and the life. It is you that is the only way to the Father. I trust in you today. I pray the quickening of your spirit. In each heart and life that would yield and receive of you today. According to your word and according to your purpose. That we as children of the most high God. As the sons of God. Would be full of your spirit. Given over wholly and completely to that which you desire to do with us. For your glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Ikatahaye, Itolobosita, Ilobositahaye, Kiarabatolobositaha. In the name of Jesus, we pray, no longer living on just an experience, but living and walking in the power of your Spirit. Come on, to be full of the Holy Ghost is to walk in His grace daily and imparting of His grace that enables us to do what we cannot do ourselves. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of grace. It's that which comes from God that enables us to do what we cannot in our humanity. So we're no longer relying on ourselves, but we're daily walking, trusting, living in the fullness of His grace operating in and through our lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, the scripture says that those of us that have been filled with the Holy Ghost would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. It doesn't say the preacher. It says they that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. It says they'll speak with tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. These are things that will be operative in and through mine and your life as children of God that are full of His Spirit. Even so, Lord, every area of our heart, every area of our thoughts, I pray a complete permeating of our spirit according to Your Word in Jesus' name. Use us as You will, O God. Use us as You will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
to stand with me, if you will. There's been so much clarity ministered here today. I'm thankful for that. Just before we're dismissed, uh, Brother Jeremiah, if you could put John chapter 15 and verse 7 on the screen. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, this is what being full of the Holy Ghost looks like to me. I'm in Him. His Spirit is in me because I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And He says, if my words abide in you, I'm going to speak His words because they abide in me. And then it says, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. What you speak shall be done unto you because His words abide in you, because His Spirit abides in you, because you're full of His Spirit. The next verse, verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. See what I'm supposed to be speaking? Things that will produce much fruit. That glorifies the Father. That brings glory to the Father because He's in me. and Because I'm, His words are in me. I'm speaking things. Not just because I think it will be great to see or nice to have. I'm speaking things that are going to produce much fruit. Let's pray that. Jesus, God, I believe right now we're in a room filled with your spirit, God. And vessels that are, that are full of your spirit. Jesus, right now, I pray your words abide in us. God, that as we believe, as we speak, as we pray... God, as we open our mouth to witness and minister and share, God, that it would be your spirit that dwells in us, God, that works through us, that operates through us to bring you glory, Father, to bring you glory, God, and that much fruit would be produced. God, I pray right now, let your words abide in us. Let your words abide in us. Come on, talk to the Lord for a moment. Let him give you things to say. Let him give you words to, to pray that are his spirit. Jesus, your spirit abide in me. Your word abide in me, Lord. Lord, I don't want to just be satisfied with an event that's happened in my life before. God, I don't want to be satisfied to be say to say that I'm filled with your spirit. God, I but I want your spirit to work through me, to produce through me, Jesus, to bring forth much fruit through me, oh God. Lord, I want to be filled and full with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, in your name, let us be full of your spirit today. God, I thank you for ministering to us today. I thank you for the clarity of your word, God, for the unction and the anointing of your word that we've heard today. I'm thankful for it, Jesus, that you would speak this to me. I'm thankful, God, that you have a will and a plan for me. And you desire, God, to produce fruit through me. God, I claim it today, Jesus. God, that we would walk out of this building, God, full of your spirit. Full of faith, God. Full of wisdom. Full of boldness, God, to speak your word, to declare your word and your truth. God, I pray let this spirit continue to abide over this body. Let this spirit continue to dwell and operate through us.
God, we commit our days to you. We commit this week to you, Jesus, to working and operating with you, Jesus, so that you could be glorified. In Jesus' name, somebody just commit your week to the Lord right now, God. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day of this week, God, you you already know what's in store. Jesus, I want you to be there with me, and I want to be there with you, God, as your word has spoken it, as your word and your spirit has declared it to be. God, as we pray your will, we, we believe your will, God. We believe that your will will be done. Jesus, our faith is in you alone. God, in your name, I pray comfort and peace over this body today. I pray direction over this body today. God, in your name. This is your chance to speak it right now. Jesus, in your name, I thank you, God. I encourage you, greet one another as you're dismissed. Let the Holy Ghost continue to work through you today and this week. Amen. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.